How are you feeling? You know, I feel like some people go to church and, uh, and they're like kind of uh, trying to start a campfire with like wet logs and stuff. And then, then you come in here, you're kind of all like whatever, and then the worship team got to pump your bunch of air into your tires and get you rolling, get you out there. But some of you, y'all come and you're already kind of like mostly on fire. Your temperature is like up here. And then you come and corporately, the Holy Spirit just pours gas on the flames. And we're singing like it's about the name of Jesus and saying yes to the name of Jesus, man. Hey, we're going to do communion next week. If, if uh, you have never been part of a communion, it's just going to be kind of an intimate time. It's going to be incredible. By intimate, I don't mean awkward and weird. Everything we do is awkward and weird, so I guess it could be a little. It's just we're going to do it right in the middle of our worship service, and it's going to be powerful. If you've never um, experienced communion, we'll explain it to you, and you can decide what you want to do. Um, my next series, I'm really excited about it. Um, I have a, a guest preaching for you next week that you know, and it's not Pastor Erin because I asked her, and she said no. <laughs> She said, I'm planning a big thing on Halloween with the kids. So yeah, get your kids here. Hey, they can dress up if you want them to dress. Like if they want to dress up, dress them up and bring them to church. That's fine. Just not too, not too creepy and scary if you can manage it. We'd rather not do Sunday school for a bunch of tiny witches. <laughs> a bit weird. Or would you? Maybe not. Maybe not. Dress up like witches or circus clowns right? Am I right about clowns? Yeah, I'm right about clowns. Hey, I'm going to do a series uh, after next week. Um, it's about the four cups. I don't have a title for it yet. It's about the four cups of human existence and what we built Venue Church around. Now, Venue Church is an ark church and uh, ark churches all are built around these, these ideas of the four cups. Now, the four cups are these four things that you've got to get in the right order and everything that we do is in one of these. Um, the first thing you need is to know God. And if you're here and it's your first time in church or you're coming back to God or you haven't been in a while, you're like, you can't do any of the, the other things without knowing God. And everything that we do is try to get you one step closer to, to Jesus. And so you got to know God. The second thing is you need to find freedom. And we say it like this. Look, you try to know God and, and then if you try to find freedom, and people do this all the time. I watch them. You try to find freedom outside of knowing God, and you don't do the know God part first, you'll never truly find freedom because how are you gonna find freedom without your creator and your designer? So we're not sure what freedom you're looking for, but you gotta know God and then find freedom. And the beauty about that is we, we say it like this, some people, you just got past your past, but you didn't go through it. And so this is where we actually pull things back a little bit and we, we have a freedom session, a freedom group that's gonna start up in January that's like, hey, let's go deal with that stuff in the past so that you can like, say a firm like, no, now Jesus owns that too, so that he can own tomorrow. The third thing you need is to discover your purpose. And if I could say, if, if there's one thing that Canadians, we just, people don't know why they're here. And discover your purpose on this earth and what wakes you up in the morning and just fills you with joy and energy. And it's probably not your nine to five. And um, just that you need to discover purpose. But if you try to discover purpose before you find freedom, it doesn't work. You got to do these things in order. The fourth thing is make a difference. You are here to change something in the world. And don't do that before you know God and find freedom and discover your purpose because we're not sure what difference you're making. Um, so that's going to be uh, the series that's coming next. I was going to call this sermon Surprise You're, You're Pregnant. 
and uh, I didn't want to alarm somebody. <laughs> I actually got, if you got that email on Thursday, I had written that before I had changed the sermon title. And, and, uh, and Candace, uh, Candace Mervula sends me a screenshot and it says, it's from Pastor Corey, right? So it says, so it says, hi, Candace, surprise you're pregnant. And then she says, so tell me something I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, we've got some pregnant gals in the church. And isn't that good to like think about having babies? I don't know if that's good to think about, but it's good to think about having babies in the family of God and uh, just the help and support and strength. And uh, it's going to be incredible. And we're going to walk, walk. But anyways, so I changed the title, you know, my, my Tuesday mornings are like supposed to be strictly, um, sermon kind of mornings and days and, and, um, but in my prayer time in the mornings, you know, some pastors, they only really study the Bible for their sermon. But if I only did that, I think that I would be a complete heathen. You know, it's like alarming, but it's kind of true. When I read the Bible in the morning, I'm just reading, I'm just spending time with Jesus. All my sermon time is extra and that happens elsewhere. Even in our prayer times, you know, we do have a prayer time. I have my, where I walk through the Lord's prayer, which is a good place to start. Our father, you are in heaven, Lord, hallowed be your name, Lord, make us holy like you're holy. You know, so I do that. And then Aaron and I, we go and pray for you. And we pray for a lot of you by name. I hope you can feel it. I hope, see, you don't even know the trouble that God helps you avoid because you don't even have to go through it when people are praying for you. And so that's why you need to be in a small group. So people are praying for you. You're like, oh, my week was hard. It would have been about 10 times harder if you didn't have somebody praying for you and the Holy Spirit working in your life. And so but we do that. And then the next prayer time that I go out on is just, just me and Jesus. And I, I don't talk about church and I don't talk about you. Sorry. It's just, just, I just worship. It's just me and Jesus. But this, it was a funny Tuesday morning. You know, I, I walk, walked out and my sermon title was already going to be surprised you're pregnant. And I just asked God, it's like, what was it about Mary? We're, we're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus today. What was it about her? I just asked like one question, what was it about Mary? And I heard three words and it's the sermon title today. She said, yes. And I thought of all the thousands of teenage girls in Israel, there was something she said, yes. And it's not just the yes, she said, I think it was when she said it. Thanks, Sean. Um, aren't you glad that Pastor Aaron said yes when I proposed to her? <laughs> yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird day. Are you clapping for her or clapping to me? Cause I did the proposing. Like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, um, Pastor Aaron, she hated Valentine's day and she was a little bit jaded back then. <laughs> you would be too, if you had dated other people prior to me and. <laughs> just disappointed in men maybe and I could go on I got I got all sorts of bullets in that gun anyways um so so she um <laughs> so so she hates Valentine's Day she hated it back then she's getting a little better now because now we actually go out for dinner and it's pretty fun but she thinks Valentine's Day was created by Hallmark to sell expensive cards so um I don't want to correct her because that kind of works for me <laughs> let's keep the expectations on Valentine's Day real low so I can do that. And so, uh, so that first Valentine's day, you know, I, I got, uh, we've been talking about getting married, but we weren't engaged yet. And I thought that'd be too obvious to do it on Valentine's day. You know, if you did it on Valentine's day, that's good for you. But I'm like the romantic of romantics. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just not going to do that. That's just too straightforward. So I got her, a, a, I went to the florist and I got her a rose and I'm like spray painted black. She's going to love it. And the florist is like, I don't think you know how this works. 
you know, dozens of roses going out and you want one spray painted black. Like, tell me how it goes, you idiot. But it worked. She loved it. She loved it. And then Valentine's Day was over. No proposal, nothing. And we went to Banff the next day. And, um, and it was cold, like it's February, right? Is one Valentine's Day? Yes. 100%. Romantic of romantics. Um, and so we went to Banff and we walked, um, we, I wanted to go to Bow Falls. Now I already had a ring. She didn't know that I had already had a ring and she's like, she's not fancy. So the ring didn't cost a lot of money, which is again, like I kind of struck it rich, you know, and, um, got any fancy girls in the house. It's okay. <laughs> Nobody's going to raise their hand now. I see what I did there. Yeah, no, that's, that's not me. That's not me. Um, that's great. Look at, there's nothing wrong with it, but Aaron didn't, you know, why do I keep talking about this? Okay. I shouldn't have. <laughs> So anyways, um, we're walking up Bow Falls. Have you been there? You walk up, up the trail to the left and it was beautiful. It was all iced up. The whole uh, river and the little waterfall was all iced up. Just, you know, two or three feet of ice everywhere. It was beautiful. We walk up and my brain is like, now's a good time. And I did something that I never do in my lifetime. I chickened out. I just like pulled up with a hamstring, like, uh, and I kept walking and she's like enjoying all of this. And now I'm preoccupied because in the back of my mind, I'm, I chickened out. And then we get down to the falls and we're walking around on the ice. And I could hear the Holy Spirit probably saying like, now's a good time. <laughs> and it would have been, but I chickened out again. And then I, we get back and we start walking the path back. And I mean, God's like, I'm going to push you off this cliff. If, <laughs> if you let her get away, you chicken out. So I proposed and she said yes. And aren't you glad that she said yes? Because I don't think we'd have a church and went beer. You know what it was? I thought for the first time in my life, like, what if she says no? What's your plan? <laughs> like, what are you going to say, right? Maybe that happened to you. Like, what did you say? I'm super curious. Cause I'm thinking like, what do I say if I say no? Like, no, yeah, no, no. I was just kidding. <laughs> Or like, yeah, let's be friends. No, totally, I get it. Yeah, no, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> What's this thing in my pocket? It's definitely not a ring, you know? Like, ooh. Like, what do you do? Like, is it going to be an awkward trip home? <laughs> so, but she said yes. You know, after that yes, after that yes, what, what makes that yes keep working is kind of the, the no's that follow it. Does that make sense? So after that, no, I can't see another like, you know, Christian girl and be like, Hey, maybe she's the one. Cause that yes. Now we got to, what we got to do is we got to say no. And we got to close some doors. Right. And listen, there were ladies lined up <laughs> so many, probably hundreds or whatever. Like I, it was different on social. Now you would know how many there were, but back then it was like, I just have a feeling that there was a lot <laughs> actually. If there was, I would be the last person to like, know cause I'm so clueless about that. But it's like, it just changes. It has to change. There's the nose that you say, and then there's the nose like, okay, well now we got to have a house. And so now it's like, no to this and no to that. And, and no, we better pay the bills and no to temptation. And I know some of you are like young and not married and you're like, but you're married. You won't be tempted. And that's cause you're stupid. Like we were stupid. You realize, oh, now temptation ramps up a little bit and. And uh, no, you know, and I, I think the, the, the yes is facilitated by a whole lot of no's that come next. You know, and it takes a lot of, the no's take a, a lot of, um, take a lot of, of, of discipline. Um, and it, but it also keeps the yes possible. But as time moves along, 
you say no so many times and you're disciplined for so long that your nose can actually make you almost forget what the yes was for. I mean, like you're making lunches for kids in the morning. So you say no to sleeping in and you say no to like watching TV or because you got to, you know, read your Bible and not be a crazy mom. Hopefully get your kids off to school and, and you're like making lunches for your kids, but your kids are in the kitchen with you and you're like snappy with them because you're making lunches for them. So you're like no to yourself, but yeah, you're not, you kind of forget what the yes was about. Like it's so my kids and connection and you know what I mean? Like we forget about that. We're like, shut up. I'm making some because I love you. I'm putting love in this sandwich. Are you happy? Just, you know what I mean? It's like you say no so much that, that you kind of start to forget what the, the yeses are about. And then, and then, you know, you can go to work every day and say no to yourself, but you forget who you're doing it for. Then you start getting all like weird and jaded, right? And you start like kind of hating work a little bit, but you forget that, you know, little girls dresses cost money or whatever it is that you're, you know, giving, feeding poor people that it costs money and that, you know, your job is a blessing. And we say no, and we start kind of, and then we start getting leery of, of yes, because, because, you know, you say yes to the wrong thing. Yeah. Amazon is hearing yes. And your wallet is being like, whoa, like, we can't do this forever. You're not going to have me. I'm going to go and I'm going to go live. I'm going to put their kids through college. You're not going to have any college money for your kids because you're saying yes to Amazon. You know, um, your yeses in the past uh, to the wrong things have gotten you in trouble. That we were starting to regret them. You know, you said yes to date a man with a pulse. Well, lots of guys have pulses, but you shouldn't date most of us. Maybe you haven't. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You shouldn't date most guys with pulses. Now, I hope that he has a pulse, but there's like a lot more. And God, you know, you're a do- God's daughter. Like, don't settle for a guy with a pulse. You know, like, bring him to church and we'll sort him out for you. He'll be like, so. Come on, man. My, my kids, when they start dating, if, if ever... They're going to have like cousins and brothers in the church and uncles and scary ones like Chad. Chad's going to be like, hi, I'm Chad. How often would you uh, read your Bible every day? How often do you say no to temptation? Because around here, that's pastor's daughter. Oh, come on, Chad. Come on, you back me up. I can't put a young man in a dumpster, but you can, and nobody's going to know it was you. But if I do it, I'm going to go to jail, and then we lose the church. Is that what you want? That's not what I want. I'll do the same thing for you. It just can't be traced. You know, you just... What happens is, because our past yeses have burned us, because they've often been uh, yeses to, to things or situations or people that want something from you. So they burn you, and so you start just saying a default no. You say no, you start saying no a lot and, um, and no becomes our default. And then we start kind of, um, how, how I wrote this down here. We start controlling our yeses, start being like kind of leery and like, yeah, sometimes we should say yes a hundred percent, but we're like, yeah, we sort of say yes, but we sort of say no at the same time. We just start controlling and manipulating that yes. Yeah. And, um, and what I realized was that no is a word that gives you personal power. 
In fact, I don't know if there's a more powerful word for personal power. Now, that sounds good in today's society, but I don't really mean it in the best way. I mean like personal human power. Um, think about it like this. It's a power word. It's a control word. When I say no, the greater a person I can say no to is the greater personal power that I have, right? And the great people of the world, when you think about it, they're the ones who can say no to like, yeah, no, we're not doing that as a company. Like, no, we're not extending lunch break for three hours. That's crazy. No, no. And, and the more no's that you say, the more it increases your sense of personal power. Um, but no is ultimately restrictive. So if you're a person that says no, like I, my personality has no trouble saying no. I don't mind, I don't really care what you think. If I feel like we can't, then I'm just gonna say no and I'm gonna be, hey, but I love you, but no. But with that sense, uh, with saying no, that can bring a sense of uh, personal power, but no is ultimately restrictive. Listen, all no can do is close a door. Think about it, which is good if you're closing bad doors. Like say no to drugs, you know, say no to temptation, say no to, but no doesn't open doors. It only closes doors. Now, what happens when because of we need a sense of personal power, we're getting a little bit leery of our past yeses that we regret, and we start saying no, we stop saying yes, but then we start putting the yeses in the, in the no category, and we start kind of controlling those things that God definitely does want you to say yes to in your home and definitely does want you to say yes to in your personal life. And we start throwing no's at them, start getting them confused, but every time that we say no even to a yes category, it increases our sense of personal power. Now think about this, think about this, the Holy Spirit showed me this. The greater a person you can say no to, the greater your sense of personal power. I don't mean power in the right way, because there's a difference between power and authority. All authority comes from God, if you want actual power in your life. But there's like certain human power as well, and there's power that the enemy, that the devil has in the world. Just watch the news, you know, there is definitely power. And so I realized there's no, ready? There's no greater sense of personal power than I can get if I say no to God. Think about it. And I watch church people do this all the time. No. He's saying, you need to say yes to this thing. And we say no. And listen, listen, that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. Because he wants you to be swelled up with this sense of personal power. Listen. I wrote this down. Um, the enemy will gladly trade you personal power for Holy Ghost power if you say no to God. Amen. He will gladly give you a sense of personal power. If you say no to God, he'll leave you alone for a week. He will. I see people say no to God. God is trying to bring them into small groups and God is trying to bring them into confession and into let's deal with the past and into giving and generosity. God is trying to bring them in and they say no and they go to a different church down the street that doesn't preach it or, you know, just give it time. And you just, you skip out of your family and go to a different family and the devil will leave you alone for a little bit. Cause that's exactly what he wanted. He wanted you to have a sense of personal power so they can mess with your future. But you will eventually, if, if all you do is say no, and then we say no to God and we're like, yeah, no, I'm going to restrict my church. I'm going to, I'm going to give, but I'm not going to give that. And we trade personal power for Holy ghost power. But listen, Holy Ghost power is the only thing that's going to save your brother. And his soul is the only thing that's going to get your teenager off of drugs. It's the only thing that is going to redeem the life that has been destroyed. It is the only, it is the power. You think the government can save our nation right now? 
obviously not. But it's unfair for you to look at them and be like, save us. They're like, we're just people. We don't know what's going on. Take a look around. Does anybody? You look at healthcare, save us. Well, yeah, we can help, but God's don't trade personal power for Holy Ghost power. Now, when no becomes your way of life, then Christian parents, you know, if, if you're a Christ follower, I'm going to tell funny stories about church people, which if you're not a Christ follower, you're going to enjoy it. And if you are, you won't. <laughs> my parents' generation, um, my parents weren't like this, but a lot of friends that I grew up with in, in church world, their parents said no a lot. Then they started saying like, no, God says no about that. Did anybody ever grow up in like old church culture? It'll be funny to you if you didn't grow up in church at all, but church people, when, when church people get weird, they get real weird because they think that God is telling them to be weird. Like God told me this. I'm like, did he? He's very confused because he contradicts himself in his own Bible. So either he's confused or you're confused and I'm going to go with you. You know, but they would do things like God hates alcohol. Well, you know, a lot of my parents' generation, they came out of the world and, you know, they'd thrown away a lot of years drinking and doing stupid stuff and saying yes to all those things that they now, you know, hate and realize it just... So rather than be like, well, let's look at the word of God and see what it says. And Paul says, don't be drunk with wine because it leads to destruction. But he doesn't even say that that's sin. He said it leads to sin, so don't get drunk with wine. But then he says, but be filled with the spirit. And I saw a lot of Christians being like, hey, don't be drunk with wine and don't be drunk with the spirit. Like, and don't go too far with the Holy Ghost either. Because no, 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 like don't do this. But see, what happens is if you miss the power of the Holy Ghost, then you got to add a whole bunch of no's. You got to have a whole bunch of rules. And, um, and so they would say things like, well, and Jesus, when he turned water to wine, it was non-alcoholic wine because God hates alcohol. And I'm a kid and I can read. And I'm like, I don't feel like that's true. And Paul says to Timothy, drink a little wine. You know, your stomach is upset. It'll help you. And I'm like, but that's probably non-alcoholic wine because God hates alcohol. And then you start, because no's are ultimately restrictive, right? And so we start closing doors to things that we shouldn't really close the door to. And then, and then did anybody hear this? Like, you got to stay away from like rock and roll, right? Yeah. Well, some rock and roll is like pretty nasty. The hip hop and stuff. Now the kids are listening to, but I'm like, is hip hop itself bad one? And then they start bringing drums onto stage, right? Anybody grow up and are you all too young to remember this? And it was like, that's like jungle music. You got to stay away from that. Cause man, come on now, Ken, she knows what I'm talking about. That's tough, man. They play drums in Africa, and there's witch doctors in Africa. You go watch that stuff in church. Yeah. Right, because the witch doctor invented the drums, or it's only designated to worship Satan. You know what I mean? And there was all these things, right? And Christians and, and Christians can become bitter, and we just start saying no, no, no. And so we'll, we'll say, like, well, we won't, we won't say no to this type of a sinner, but this one, that's too messy for us. We're not going to have them in our church. Like, well, no, we're not, just not going to deal with that. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the things of the gospel that aren't quite offensive. But then when we really get down to it, Jesus is like, I am the way and there's only me. We're like, yeah, but let's not go that far. He's like, well, if you want life, yeah. Like, and we're like, yeah, and the power of the Holy Spirit and prophecy and praying in tongues and stuff. That's too messy. We're just not going to deal with that. And then, and then we start saying no to the Holy Ghost. Now, the way that we've structured Venue Church is so that we always say yes to the Holy, Soul, Holy Spirit. And we'll say no to anything else that we have to. And we'll say no to you sometimes. It would just be like, yeah, no, no. But see, the Holy Spirit, the reason we work so hard is that when, when this happens, he gets everything that he wants. You know, but, but Christians, we can get bitter. You know, churches can get bitter. But listen, only yes brings life. No's don't bring life to anybody. 
The scriptures say, God sent his son into the world, not to condemn it, but to save it. But you're like, yeah, but when he came, he shone a light on our sins. Well, you can't repent if you don't think you're a sinner. Come on, church people. Some of you guys, you come in here and I come in here and then I forget that I'm as bad as anybody out there. All sin separates from God. You think that you're a better sinner? If you break one aspect of the law, it's the same thing as if you broke anything in the law. It still separates you from God. The ultimate result is exactly the same. But then we come to church and we start getting a little cleaned up and we start doing, stop doing some of the things that we were doing. And then we start thinking we're better than people that come in and then we start judging them and thinking like, Hey, you know, God says, I didn't come in to condemn them. I sent Jesus to say, yes, yes. Be saved. Yes. Come in. Yes. Eternity. Yes. I can clean you up. Yes. I can do all these things for you. Yeah. We got to shine the light on it because darkness won't save you. It says in the word, the promises of God are yes. And amen. Some of you, you grew up in these restrictive religious cultures where it's like, God just says no, and it's no and not now. Well, sometimes it's not now, but it's not now doesn't mean no. It's like, yeah, you're not ready for that. If I poured that blessing out on you, you'd spend it at Amazon. No, it's yes and amen. Just give it time. Just trust in God. There's another scripture that God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Stop telling me my thoughts. And it's thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. He sees you tomorrow. He's just like, hey, just do this thing today. I'll get you to tomorrow. His, his promises are yes and amen. Now, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now that's the mother of John the Baptist. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, who is a relative. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed... All week I've been thinking about this. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Do you know that God means what he says? You know why you second guess it? Because you don't mean what you say. Or your mom didn't, or whatever. Confused and disturbed. Can you imagine Gabriel coming with a message and saying it, and then she's just like, I'm so confused and disturbed by this message. What could it possibly mean? And he goes... Greetings, favorite woman, the Lord is with you. Sometimes you don't believe what God says about you because you think you know about you better than God does. God's like, hey, don't worry about the past. I've redeemed it. Get up. Act like a daughter of God. You don't have to act like that anymore. Now, this actually leads us into this. I don't know if she was expecting a yes from heaven. I think that was what was confusing and disturbing her. Listen, listen. So you you remember Malachi the prophet? Uh, He's speaking about some issues. Tithing was a huge thing. He's like, look, God is saying to the people of Israel, look, if you don't do this thing and give me back the first fruits, and if you don't do these other things, I'm going to stop talking. It's not like he stops talking. It's like your your ears are going to be so hard you won't be able to hear me anymore. 400 years passes until the time of Christ, until this time. 400 years passes. No prophets speak. No prophets. So they have the law of Moses. They have the Old Testament. They have the word of God. But what happens when a a Christian, when a person of faith loses the daily voice of the Holy Spirit and the working and and the Holy Ghost working in the church and working in people. See, have you ever uh, read your Bible in the morning and you're reading a verse that you've read a thousand times before and and then hopefully you read your Bible every day. And then you read it and all of a sudden it just jumps at you and you're like, I know what I gotta do. 
That's talking about my husband, and I'm still mad at him about that thing yesterday because he ate all the pepperoni. <laughs> I, need, I need to let it go. Just let it go, ladies. We're always going to eat all the pepperoni. That's how God made it. The, I know what that means. I got to go have that talk with my teenager. We got to figure out what's going on. I know what it means. I know what it means. That is the Holy Spirit bringing alive. It's called the rhema word of God. There's the logos word of God, which is like the truth of the scriptures. But then there's that rhema, which is the Holy Ghost breathing fire on it and being like, this is what you do now. You know, you get that in the local church and you get that in a sermon because you've read this before. You know what this is going to say, but you don't know what's coming next because it's the Holy Spirit saying, no, 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 no. This is what it means today. And this is what you got to do today. And so they've gone 400 years of doing church without the daily voice of God. So what happens is when, when in a, in religion that starts becoming man-made is Moses had these laws and these no's to keep people from blowing their lives up. And look, the no's of God are for your good and your benefit. Cause he's like, no, if you do that, that's against your design and it's going to hurt you. So don't do that. But then what they did was they had the, what's called the tradition of the elders. So they started adding to supplementing the laws of God with all, cause when you don't have the Holy ghost power, you got to say no a whole lot more. You got to work at it a whole lot. You got to work at your life a whole lot more. And so they start adding like hundreds of rules to these rules. And over time, these rules and these rules all became the same rules to them. And she was used to in church hearing no, no, no. God hates, God hates, God's afraid of God. You know what? When Jesus comes, you know what he says? Hey guys, look, we could do away with all of the law of Moses. If you'd just do love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, your strength, love God. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we just did those two things, we wouldn't need law. We wouldn't need speed limits. We wouldn't need, come on, somebody say amen to no speed limits. When I'm on my Ducati, I'm just like, there's no speed limits because I love God and I love people. <laughs> Taking some liberty there. He's saying, you wouldn't need any laws if you really truly love God and if you love people as yourself. And the problem with some of you is that you don't love yourself. God does. You're going to tell him you're not worthy of love? You just need some healing. You need to find some freedom. Yeah. You, you ought to love who God made you to be. You got to love yourself. I mean, not the stupid parts of you, but love who God made you to be. And so, so don't be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, when you think of angels, you think of like creepy cherub baby angels. And nobody's afraid of them. Alarmed by them, but not like afraid of them. Unless it's like a giant creepy cherub baby angel. Then I'm definitely afraid of giant creepy baby cherubs. <laughs> the reason I have to say this, these are the warriors of heaven. These are the ones fighting the devil and keeping the devil off of you. And, and one angel says in one night killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night, yeah. one guy. And that's not Gabriel. And so you're like, why are these, all these people walking around afraid? Cause if Gabriel showed up, you need a diaper too. <laughs> he coming in, he's just like, here I am. And, and listen, don't be afraid. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great. We'll be called the son of the most high. She's hearing. Yes, 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 yes. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. You know, I used to think that she's like questioning the will of God. I don't think so. I think that her heart is just so open that she's just like, well, I'm not super sure about how all this works, but do I need to do something? Cause I'm not married yet. And I don't know like, if we shouldn't do that until I get married. So 
Do I need to do anything? And the angel's like, no. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. There's a whole teaching I could do there. That, that the baby could be born of Mary and not inherit the sin nature. Right? Because the sin nature comes from the fathers, not the mothers. And so, so the baby is the son of man. So the son of Mary. But also the son of God. If, if Joseph had had a part, it would be the son of man and the son of man and not the son of God. And so you inherited sin. So you already like done before you were, when you were born, you inherited sin. You're already over and then you decided to sin a whole bunch. And if anybody says that they didn't, you're lying and you're doing it right now. So, because the lamb of God had to be pure and spotless. You know, sac any other sacrifice wouldn't do it. And so Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. Watch her response. Is this how you talk? To God, may everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking about some of you and I, I'm thinking, I think, I think some of you aren't like Mary. I wonder if I'm like Mary. Because this whole conversation took like less than two minutes. You got to think, like God says, hey, Gabriel, go down and do this thing. And Gabriel's like, I am warring with like the devil and millions of like bad guys. But he's like, oh, it's Mary? Oh, this would be quick. But if it's you, he's like, that's going to take a month. You're getting the intern. You're not getting Gabriel. Gabriel's not leaving the war in heaven for a month to explain to you and to your satisfaction. Well, you just need to say yes to God. He's like, oh, Mary? She, she never said no to God. She's going to say yes. And she, oh, she's already saying yes before I even get there. That's when you got to say yes. I used to wait until after my dad was my pastor. Until after he would preach and then I would be arguing with him about it. Even though I know he was preaching out the word of God. What are you going to argue about? Then one day I just decided I'm just going to say yes before I even get to church. And spend my talking time doing. Yeah. Wouldn't you know my life got better? You know, yes. When do you say yes? You've got to wait until you got to wait. Gabriel got to talk to you for a month. That yes was so important. Because there was a greater yes that God was going to require of her. A much more painful yes. We're going to find this in, in Luke chapter 2. Um, see, okay, Jesus is born. And Mary and Joseph take the, the Jesus, the baby, to the temple to dedicate the child to God. Some of you need to dedicate your children to God. And so, so a man named Simeon had been waiting for God to speak. And he's like 400 years, man. It's like 20 generations. And, and all of a sudden, he's like waiting for the Savior, right? And so... And so he speaks to Mary and he says, he blessed them. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to call many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. Listen, many to fall, many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. Why? Because of the sense of personal power, even the church at the time. Come on, church people. We got to be careful. We never say no to God. Many will oppose him, and, and as a result of the power of people's no, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your soul, Mary. I was thinking about that. What's he talking about? He's saying, that yes that you said, Mary, you got to keep saying yes to God. Don't ever let that yes be turned to no. Don't ever turn that to, that's in the yes category, what God asks. Because one, it's one thing to... To birth the son of God. It's quite another thing. You remember? She's sitting. She's standing at the cross. With her church friends. When life goes south man. You better have church friends around you. She's standing there with her church friends. She's seeing her. The best. Jesus. She's seen this child of her joy. And of her love. The son of God. And the son of man. 
She sees him hanging on her. She's like, I gave birth to it, but that's nothing compared to what I'm watching now. Was she there when Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. See, Jesus can forgive you, but you have to say one thing to receive it. Yes. Can you imagine being married, watching Jesus tortured and hanging on a cross and the Holy Spirit whispering, you need to say yes. Because he's hanging here for your sin, Mary. If you say no to the sacrifice and no to what he's got to do to save you, you won't be with him forever in prayer. You got to say yes, Mary. And all the previous yeses had got her to a place where she said, if this is the God, yes. Yes, Jesus. I think that there's something in your life. man. Maybe you're coming back to God. You need to say yes. No, that's, if you were the only sinner on earth, Jesus would have had to die for you too. We come to church for a while. We forget that, listen, he died for you personally. You, Kim, you, you, me. It's not about those people. It's about me. Yes, I need that forgiveness. Yes, I need that sacrifice. Yes, that's what it costs. And that's why he's too good to not believe.